Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I was madly in love with this person. Anyone who knew me well would just need to look at me for one nanosecond and think, okay, KK is in love. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is the Full Story Summer Series, the tale I dine out on. We've asked 10 of our favourite storytellers, including actors, comedians, writers and more, to share an extraordinary story. And today we have chef and restaurateur Kylie Kwong. When Kylie was 18 and living at home, she came out as gay to her parents. Her dad's reaction was incredibly difficult, but what followed later was something she didn't expect. My two brothers and I grew up in the northwestern suburbs of Sydney in North Epping with mum and dad. We are three generations Australian and 29th generation Cantonese. We were the only children in our neighbourhood for the first 13 years of my life, the only Asian children in the neighbourhood and at our school. But interestingly enough, uh, we never experienced any racism. In fact, it was quite the opposite. We Kwong kids were very popular because of Mrs Kwong's beautiful homestyle Cantonese food. And so that's a very positive, bright memory of mine, the love of food, the connection of food and how food brought people together. I guess a memory that is quite dark is the relationship that the three of us had with our father. We were actually quite scared of him. He was quite selfish. He was very black and white in his views. He ran the house. He used to be quite scary when he lost his temper, which was often. He used to get home at the same time every day, which was at about quarter to five. We'd hear Dad's engine turn into the driveway and we'd all just freeze and think, oh, my goodness, what mood is he going to be in? When he walked in the house and he was in a good mood, everybody breathed a sigh of relief. If he was in a bad mood, we all just kind of ran off into our bedrooms and hid. Now, don't get me wrong, we had lots of very happy times with Dad as well because he was very, very family-minded. We are a Chinese family, so both my parents were devoted to food and family. But for the most part, from what I can remember as a child and an adolescent, it was a feeling, an inner feeling of anxiety and so imagine when I'm kind of 15, started, started around 15, I started kind of feeling confused about my sexuality. All I knew was I was completely obsessed with all of my girlfriends at school. I went to an only girls school. 
So there was a lot of confusion in my heart and soul and mind from about the age of 15 onwards. So combine that with that kind of tension at home and just all of the complexities that come with with that age, it was pretty hard. Um, When I was about 18, about 18, 19, I was um, at home. I had a full-time job, my first full-time job in advertising. And during that period, I actually met somebody um, and it was actually the first relationship I'd ever had. It was the first time I'd ever fall in love. And guess what? It was with a woman. And I was madly in love with this person. Like anyone who knew me well would just need to look at me for one nanosecond and think, okay, KK's in love. Like everything about me said that. And so here I am at home trying very hard to disguise this huge, big kind of energy I was feeling and and no doubt radiating. If you can imagine, we're in our kitchen home in North Epping, mum and dad, myself and my two brothers, we're all adults now, my two brothers and I, so five adults around the table, our funny little round kitchen table with the plastic dark blue tablecloth. We've got mum's beautiful whole steam snap with ginger and shallots, the steamed rice, her beautiful omelette with the Chinese mushrooms, stir-fried bok choy with oyster sauce. I remember one evening, Dad suddenly just got his chopsticks and banged them down on the table. All of a sudden, we all just jumped and he's like, I don't like, I don't like what's going on here, Kylie. And that was because... My new girlfriend had called me pretty much every night and the phone, of course, was in mum and dad's bedroom and I would run off into the bedroom because my brother would answer the phone and he'd say, Kylie, it's for you. And so I'm running off into the bedroom every night with that kind of vibe about me, someone who's madly in love. And one night he just lost it and he just said, I don't like what's happening here. And the whole family froze. And that's when I knew that I had to come out to dad. Six months before I came out to dad, I actually came out to my mum. One night mum was in the living room with myself and she was ironing. She was ironing dad's business shirts. And I said, mum, and she didn't look up, she's ironing. And she's like, yeah. And I said, I really need to tell you something. She's like, yeah, of course, darling, you know. And I said, Mum, I think I've met someone. Oh, really? She said, because of course she was, you know, desperate to marry me off to some guy. And um, she was very, very excited and her little ears pricked up. And I said, Mum, um, it's a woman. And she's like, oh, right. And then we talked a little bit about that And she said, don't worry, I'm glad you found a new friend, but I think this is just a phase you're going through. And I said, mum, you've said this to me before about my close friendships with my girlfriends. And I said, but this one's different. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, why do I feel like kissing women then? When I said that, she stopped ironing that was it. She never, ever came out with those platitudes again. You know, this must be a phase you're going through. Mum and I remained close. 
We kept speaking with each other as we always had, but I knew that something had shifted in her and I guess when I look back now it was a sadness, there was confusion. The conversation with my dad was very different. I was 19, um, I was working and I said, Dad, let's have a chat about things on Wednesday at five o'clock which was a few days after he'd snapped at the dinner table. And I actually thought I was going to have a physical heart attack because of the stress, anxiety and pain that I was feeling deep inside my heart. I felt like I was going to break up our very close, tight-knit family unit. I felt completely distraught because I knew how much pain and suffering my mother was in seeing her husband and her youngest child and only daughter in such turmoil. And it was a conversation I'll never forget. Dad came home. He came into my bedroom as we planned. We both sat there on seats. He had his arms folded He said to me, I just want to thank you, darling, for having this conversation with me. I just want to ask you, are you having an affair with that woman? And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, yes, Dad, I am. And he said, right, I thought so. And I said, Dad, I'm gay. And I'm really, really happy this way. And it feels totally natural to me. It is who I am. And he was getting kind of more and more rigid. The hands were folding more and more. He was he was very set in his jaw. And he said, okay, I, I want to say thank you for your incredible honesty, Kylie. But I don't understand this way of being. I don't, I don't like it. I don't accept the way you are and I want you out of the house by the weekend. This conversation was taking place on Wednesday. I want you out of the house by Saturday, he said to me. And and what's more, when you ring up home, you can speak to your brothers and your mum, but I won't be speaking to you. From this moment onwards, I disown you as my daughter, were the exact words. Some of my friends who I was working with at the time who were these gay women and who were older than me and they had been through similar things had warned me that my father's reaction might be something like this. However, nothing prepared me for that moment when my parents said to me, looked me straight in the face and said to me, I do not accept you for who you are. I disown you as my daughter. As strong as I felt I was, that actually really hurt and really crushed my soul and I've never, ever forgotten it. How could I ever forget that moment? I said, Dad, I respect your wishes. This is your house. I will be out of the house by Saturday morning. But, Dad, I just want you to know something. When Jamie and Paul and I were growing up, you were actually really scary. Did you know that? You were selfish. You still are selfish. There was never any space for we children. 
we would feel, you know, scared and intimidated most of the time. And your temper was so scary. And also I'm 19 years old and I don't have any respect for men because you are my male role model. And all you do is just scare me basically. And then now as an adult, that that fear, that fear and anxiety turns into anger and resentment because I understand it now. And I said, you know, for our whole life, you and mum have always said to we three children, we just want you kids to be happy. We want you to do whatever you want to do. We just want you to be happy. You know, we'd love you to for you to work in the careers you want to do and to be with your friends and to go travelling and all of those things. And I said, well, Dad, this, this actually makes me really happy. This is who I am being with a woman and I feel like I can be the very best version of myself with someone of the same sex. He thanked me again for being honest. With that he got up and left the room and just said I want you out of the house by the weekend. And that was that. That was the conversation. I closed my bedroom door and was just sitting in there I don't think I was even crying because I was so stunned and in shock. The next thing, mum came home from work because she came home later than us and I kind of opened my bedroom door a little bit and peeked up the hallway because I was at the end of the hall. And I had this vision of both of my parents embracing in the lounge room, crying. And that just broke my heart too because, again, I felt like, oh, my goodness, I've just broken up the whole family and I'm causing my mum, who I love so much, I'm causing her so much suffering and sadness. So that that was very, very hard to to witness. My two brothers were amazing. They both came into my bedroom. Our our bedrooms were very close to each other. They both came into my bedroom. They knew all along that I was, you know, gay and they were totally fine with it. And they came into me and said, don't worry, Dal. They used to call me Dal. Don't worry, Dal. We'll always support you. We'll look after you. We didn't have dinner for two nights, which was unheard of in the Kwong family. Dad was silent there was just silence in the house. Mum, many years later, told me that he didn't even speak to her. They didn't even have pillow talk on that Wednesday night, the Thursday night and the Friday night. I packed up my bedroom. I was crying. I wasn't ready to leave my bedroom. It was so beautiful. It was this organic olive green. My parents painted it that colour for me. I had my beautiful Picasso posters hanging up because I love Picasso's blue period. I had all of my Pink Floyd and Tangerine Dream LPs everywhere. And I had all of my, you know, precious objects and books. My Khalil Gibran, the prophet book. I had my calligraphy writing things hanging on the wall. I had everything just so. I was very, I'm very particular So I was packing my room up and I was crying. I just wasn't ready to leave my room, but I knew I had to get out by Saturday morning because it was dad's house and he told me to. I'd arranged with my friends at work uh, to stay with them in their apartment until I sorted myself out. So that was very, very generous of them. And they were going to come and pick me up on the Saturday morning with my boxes of all of my bedroom. 
Saturday morning came. It was about five in the morning and I was fast asleep, as was the whole household. The next minute, I hear these footsteps kind of walking very swiftly and promptly down the hallway. And then my my door opened, my bedroom door opened. And I kind of woke up in quite startled. And who should be in there? But it was my father sobbing, sobbing in a way I had never seen him sob before. You know, he was 52 and he was quite a muscular man, his stature. His whole demeanour was soft and kind of melted away and his whole face had changed. Then the next minute, he was his head was on my pillow near mine and he was sobbing like a baby. And I said, Dad, what's the matter? Are you all right? And he said, I can't do this to you. I can't do this to you. You're, you're my baby. You're my only daughter. You're my child. I love you. I want you to stay. I still don't understand your lifestyle, but that doesn't matter. I accept you for who you are. And I just, I just want you to know that. And then we had this very, very big embrace, like never before. It was the first time in our lives for a very long time that we were able to look at each other in the eye for more than half a second because I actually couldn't prior to that because he was so scary. He couldn't look at me in the eye or my two brothers because he knew that we were all scared of him. And it was the most incredible moment of my life to date. He then got up from my bed, wiped his eyes, turned around, marched back up the hallway. He had this swift, positive kind of you know, scamper up the hallway, outside and off he went to play golf with his friends. Mum comes running into the bedroom as my brothers because, you know, there was a bit of a, bit of a, there was quite a, quite a lot of noise. What's happened? What's happened? What's happened? And I told her the happy news and it was just this incredible moment in our family. It was, it was a turning point in our family. And It all happened so quickly from the moment I came out to him, you know, several days later, he was this rigid 52-year-old with 52 years of preconceived notions, black and white views that I thought would never be able to change. And several days later, he had dropped all of ego. He dropped ego in that moment and he maintained that. So I was absolutely blown away. And it really made me realise that, yes, miracles do happen. And from that moment onwards, he and I went on to have a very, very good, positive, strong relationship. He lived until he was 70. We had a good, you know, almost 20 years of of, uh, a positive relationship uh, to the point where I felt like I was equal with him. Dad was a bully and he, he bullied the whole family for all of our lives. And, you know, it was his house and his kind of kingdom. He ruled the roost. He was very black and white. So to be able to have a conversation with him at the age of 19 and he was 52, where I felt I was able to hold my own, that was very empowering. So when he would start to behave badly, you know, in the future, I'd say, hey, listen, dad, what's going on? You know, whereas before... I wasn't able to, but but now because I'd stood up to the bully and he, of course, he he backed down and turned into this little, 
soft, beautiful, pure, emotional being that I always wanted my father to be at times, um, the whole dynamic changed. And because that changed, the whole dynamic in our family changed. It was this huge, big moment in the family, Chinese family at that. I am so grateful that I got the opportunity to come out at such an early age because I was then able to live, mostly live my life from 19, bringing my full self to the table. At a very tender age, I learnt that being honest was the best way to be and being able to live a life where I could truly be myself has been the greatest gift because I cannot imagine how diminishing and soul-destroying it would be to have to hide part of yourself. I could not even begin to imagine that. So when we're able to be our full selves, when we're able to bring our full selves to the table, I think that's when we can be the most inspiring. That was chef and restaurateur Kylie Kwong. She has an eatery in South Everly in Sydney called Lucky Kwong. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Krishna Lusria and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mix. The executive producers were Hannah Parks and Miles Martignoni. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. We'll be back with more tales next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.